Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. have Selena read Isaiah 64, uh, 1 through 9 this morning. This is what it says. It says, if only you would tear apart the sky and come down, the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire ignites dry wood or fire makes water boil, let your adversaries know who you are and may the nations shake at your presence. When you performed awesome deeds that took us by surprise, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard or perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who intervenes for those who wait for him. You assist those who delight in doing what is right, who observe your commandments. Look, you were angry because we violated them continually. How can we then be saved? We are all like one who is unclean. All our so-called righteous acts are like a menstrual rag in your sight. We all wither like a leaf. Our sins carry us away like the wind. No one invokes your name or makes an effort to take hold of you, for you have rejected us and handed us over to our own sins. Yet, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, and you are our potter, and we are all the product of your labor. Lord, do not hold our sins against us continually. Take a good look at your people, at all of us. I mean, Tim's going to read uh, Psalm chapter 80, verses 1 through 7 today. Okay. Uh, Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sits enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might. Come and save us. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Melissa's going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Thank you, Tim. Oh, sorry. Use this one here. I got that muted. It picks up better in the recording. You're good now. Paul called by the will of God to be the apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sothenes. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. 
that in every way you were enriched in him and in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to read Mark chapter 13, uh, verses 24 through 37. It says, 37, it says, But in those days, after that, suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man arriving in the clouds with great power and glory. Then He will send angels, and they will gather His elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Learn this parable from the fig tree. Whenever its branch becomes tender and puts, puts out its leaves, you know what sum, that summer is near. So also, when you see these things happening, know that He is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but My words will never pass away. And then we see a superscription uh, in most of our Bibles, about being ready. It says, But as for that day or hour, no one knows it. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, except the Father. Watch out. Stay alert. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. He left his house and put his slaves in charge, assigning them um, each his work, and commanding the doorkeeper to stay alert. Stay alert then, because you do not know when the owner of the house will return whether during evening, at midnight, when the rooster crows, or at dawn, or else he might find you asleep when he returns suddenly. What I say to you, I say to everyone, stay alert. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank You, Lord, that we have the privilege to be able to come to You, Lord, and worship You today. Lord, help us not to grow weary in our well-doing. Let us not lose sight of what You have called us to do. May we not... Uh, forget, Lord, as the word that was given to us today, God, that encouragement, Lord. May we just not go through the motions today. May this just not be something that we uh, just do because of obligation, Lord. May you shake us today to experience your presence in a powerful way. Lord, and may you be glorified today in the reading of your word, and may you be glorified in your truth to us today. May we ponder it, Lord. May we focus our hearts on it. And may it challenge us today to live for you. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you guys for a few moments today about embracing the divine mystery. Jesus, if you don't mind driving this morning, I appreciate it. It's the only time I'll let you drive. Um, <laughs> I want us to talk about embracing the mystery today. We talk often about sacraments. We talk often about the mysterious things of our faith, the mystery of the faith, right? That, that Christ has died, that Christ has risen, and that Christ will come again. It's a component of our faith that we can't avoid. It, it is what our faith is made up of. It's a mystery. It was a stumbling block to the Jews. It was foolishness to the Greeks. They thought, is that really all you have to do is believe in Jesus? Accept Him as your Savior and walk out your life with Him? That's all you have to do? It was foolishness, and it was a stumbling block. It was an offensive act. 
But the Bible speaks of this truth and says that if we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us and we confess with our mouths that He is our Lord, that we will be saved. Right? It's as simple as that. And that act of us believing in Him, that act of us recognizing His entrance into our lives, His presence as our Savior, it connects us to a mystery. It's something that we can't express And so when we talk about mysteries, it's often uh, a visible sign of an invisible work. So we often talk about communion and baptism as sacraments. They're mysteries. They're, They're visible signs of an invisible grace that has been given to us. You and I are walking mysteries. You ever know that? You ever thought, right? You and I are walking mysteries. Have you ever tried to figure someone out? Um, in relationship uh, or in a professional setting or just in interacting with them person to person. Uh, We learn this about individuals that they are hard to figure out. And they're always all right. We we, we ourselves are are difficult at times to uh, figure out. But the reality is that if we profess faith in Jesus as our Lord, if we profess faith in Him as our Savior, then we are a visible sign to people of something God has done in our lives. That's what we're witnesses. We're called to go into the world and, and, and shine our light. To spread the gospel to all the nations. We have a responsibility to do that. And so it's a divine mystery that we are called to embrace. That Christ died for us. That Christ rose again. Arose from the dead and that He will come again. And so let's think about that today as we focus our hearts on that. Because I think we live in a world that is full of uncertainties and challenges. Would you agree with that? Right? You never know what you're going to go through, right? You never know. And so life, uh, there may be times in life where we operate in a very predictable fashion. But then there are other times where life just turns us upside down. We have no idea what we are going to do or how to even respond to those moments. It can be difficult at times. But I believe this season that we're walking into now, right? This season. Today is the start of, uh, of what, the, what the church celebrates. It's called Advent. You ever heard that word before? Advent is, is, is just a word that means the coming of the Lord. And obviously this is a time where people generally recognize His birth. But historically in the church, this was a time where they would focus their minds on His second coming. Because that's what we celebrate today. Not that He was born, but that one day He's coming back, Right? And so we sing songs about His triumphal entry into the world and His humble beginnings and Him him coming and taking on flesh. But this season is so powerful because not only did He do that, and not only did He live a life that He lived, and not only did He lay down His life for us on the cross and, and resurrect and ascend into heaven, but He told us that He was going to come back. And when He does, that's when He is going to officially because he's already established his kingdom on the earth you know how he established his kingdom on the earth through through us right right he said go into all the world and preach the gospel you are the light of the world a city on a hill right shining city on a hill so don't let your light be covered up let it shine and so when jesus came and established the kingdom on the earth and he did away with the eternal consequences of sin the kingdom of god is here And there are pockets of it that we see. When we gather together to worship Him, when we come together in His presence, we experience the kingdom of God. When we go outside of these doors and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are experiencing the kingdom of God. 
We're partaking of His kingdom work. And so it's established here, but it isn't fully realized yet. It'll be realized when He comes in His second coming. Everybody will know who is King of kings and Lord of lords. And so we have a reality to walk in that now, even though not everybody realizes that He is King. To proclaim that He is King, that He is our Lord. And so we live in a lot of uncertainty and challenges. And so this season, I think, invites us into a time of waiting and a time of hopeful anticipation. The reality of today's theme is hope. What are we hoping for? Hope is not something that um, everybody has. People that lose hope often um, really fall off uh, in times of crisis if they have no hope. Viktor Frankl, who was... um, a psychologist, uh, and uh, was in um, Nazi concentration camps, uh, began to develop a, a theory, a, a, a process of, uh, of therapy and, and psychology as he began to, to go through these issues. He began to notice that pe- when the people had hope, the ones that had hope actually lived longer, were healthier, could endure more. But the ones that lost hope eventually uh, didn't last very long in those concentration camps. And that was a horrible thing for, unimaginable for many of us to even think about the atrocities that those individuals had to go through. But he noticed something about these people. If they had hope, if they believed that uh, something else was going to happen, that it kept them going. Hope is a profound dynamic in our lives. And as believers, we are called to have hope in Jesus. Hope that in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the trials, in the midst of everything happening in this life, we have hope that He's going to return. That changes how we live our lives. It should. Because we don't let the cares of this life destroy us. We don't let the hardships of this life crumble us because our hope is not in the temporary. Our hope is in Him. And He is eternal. And so we're going to explore these passages that were read today. And I believe each of them are going to develop on this idea of God's intervention in our lives and, and, and the, the advent of Christ, the coming of Christ in our lives. So the first thing we see in Isaiah 64 is a longing for God's presence. Do you long for God's presence? Lord, I want to experience you. I want to feel your presence. I want to know that you are there. To those who were going through trials and those who were hurting, it was a prophetic sense of of longing for God, to, His presence to be with His people. And so it expresses a deep yearning for God in Isaiah 64 to make His presence known. Now we know that God's energizing Spirit is everywhere. The very essence of our breath in our lungs declares the glory of God. But there are times where we don't feel His presence. There are times we're not sure if He is there with us. Even though we read the Scriptures and we know that He's always there. Sometimes we are in moments where we feel like we're in a dry place. You ever been in a dry place before where you're like, Lord, I'm praying and I just don't feel Your presence. Now, those feelings are what they are. They're feelings, right? He's there. But sometimes uh, there are circumstances and situations that kind of get us in those moments. And sometimes God will walk alongside of us, but not pour out the revelations in our lives because He's wanting to work on us in some way. 
right? Is He still worthy of our devotion even if we don't feel His presence? I hope we, I, I, I believe that too, guys. I, I don't, if we ever develop a, a belief system that's based on we only, we only live for God as long as He continues to make us feel good and give us those emotional and spiritual experiences. If that is our faith, then we have a very shallow faith. It's why when Jesus uh, would often uh, chastise people that were just chasing after Him because of the miracles, he, he would say things that would cause them to walk away and His disciples would go, why do you keep doing that? And Jesus was challenging those that were just running after Him for the things that they would get. Where they, was their greatest desire His presence. Because if you think about Mary and Martha and that dynamic, both were doing something that they thought honored the Lord. Both of them did. Both of them were doing that. But he recognized Mary particularly because of the time and the hour that they were in. That the time was short and his hour was drawing near and she recognized that the presence of the Lord was in her. And so all she wanted was him. Right? And so it's a powerful thing to, to think about. What's up, my man? Nigel Anderson, everybody, legend. He's going to be speaking in our 11 o'clock service, so he's going to, he's joining us here for a few moments. God bless you, my friend. Um, and so we see his presence in our lives, sometimes in tangible ways, but when we don't see him, we got to not think, God, where are you? Right? We got to know that he's there. And so in an earnest plea, the song, in Isaiah, we see the prophet calling for the heavens to be torn open and for God to come down and, as in the days of old. And this passage reflects on our own longing for God's tangible presence in our lives, especially in moments of turmoil and despair. Isn't that when we often seek after Him the most? When we're in turmoil and despair. Life is full of those moments. I was in a gathering with some other ministers this, this past week, and one of the ministers quoted something that Rick Warren has often said, where he said that life is, is, a, is, is a lot of uh, mountains and uh, valleys, but it's mostly going down into the valleys and then having brief moments where you climb up into the top, but you're mostly just going down into the valleys. And so life can be tough at times. It can be full of turmoil and despair. But that's why the hope that we have in Him causes us to endure, right? And so in moments of turmoil and despair, it reminds us that even when God seems silent, even when we're like, God, you're not, I don't hear you right now. Even when He's silent, He is working in ways beyond our understanding. We have to hold on to that. We have to hold on to that. And so in this passage, we see a metaphor of the, of the potter and the clay. And what that does is it challenges us to consider our own uh, malleability, right? To consider how willing are we and how able are we to kind of uh, connect together? Are we willing to be reshaped by God's hands? Or are we like, God, you know, <laughs> I'd rather you um, just, just do, do what you've always done in my life. Don't, don't, don't take any detours. Don't, don't, don't change anything, God. Because I'd rather you just do it this way. Because I'm comfortable with that. This, this works for me, God. But we have to be willing to evaluate our hearts. Are, are we willing to be reshaped by God's hands? Are we willing to, 
to allow Him to, to, to lead us into the purpose of our lives, to take the creative ownership as He deserves, as our Creator, and mold us into who He's called us to be. I want you to think about something for a moment. Have you ever felt like Isaiah? Have you ever felt like Isaiah, longing for God to make His presence known in a powerful way? I think all of us have been like that at times. Like, Lord, where are you? Open the heavens. Let me see your presence, God. And so that's a powerful... We also see in Psalm 80 a cry for restoration. Not only do we see a longing for his presence, but we see a cry for restoration. And this is a, a, a cry that could echo our own desire. It could establish our own desire for healing and renewal. He says, restore us, O God, and let your face shine that we may be saved. I think this is a call to God for revival. Not just for the individual, but for the community and the world. And it's a prayer for God's light to break through the darkness. Bringing hope. You see, His presence in our lives doesn't just uh, give us comfort and give us hope, but His presence in our lives gives us renewal, gives us revival. And so if we keep our eyes focused on Him being in our lives, it's a powerful truth because He doesn't just speak to us in one way, right? He speaks to us through His Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through our collective fellowship at times. So that's a powerful thing for us to think about. And so whether we're in need of restoration today or whether we're in need of revival, I think we can connect to what the psalmist is saying today. And we can identify, maybe analyze in our lives, are there areas in our lives? Are there things in our life that... um, where we need God to restore some things? Are there areas in our lives where we need God to, to bring revival? I think we see the imagery in the text of Him being a shepherd. And we talked about that last week, about how He leads us and He guides us, that He has responsibility and care for us. That He walks with us and He consistently acts in our lives. And what that should do, if we understand that, like we said last week, is it should establish in our lives gratitude and assurance. Gratitude and assurance. In 1 Corinthians 1, Paul is uh, writing this letter to the Corinthians, and he begins with gratitude for the spiritual gifts that they had received and the assurance of God's faithfulness. And what this can remind us of today is that in the midst of waiting, right? When we're waiting, you ever waited for something? All of us have waited on something, right? You live in Hampton Roads, you've waited a time or two in your life for something, right? For the light to change, for, for, for the interstate to, to clear up, for this person to, to get over into the slow lane so that you can drive in the passing lane. Because in Virginia, we do that, right? People drive in the passing lane and then they try to pass in the driving lane. I think it's that, 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 that diverse culture we have here in our communities that just makes it confusing. No one knows what to do when it comes to driving. It can be tough. Waiting is not something anyone enjoys doing. Right? Waiting on the Lord. Waiting on Him to, uh, to do what we feel like He's promised us. Or waiting on Him to, 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 to make this happen. Or to, to give us relief in this way. Waiting on God is not something that we enjoy. But waiting has a purpose. 
And so in the midst of waiting, um, He gives us an opportunity to be reminded of the gifts of grace and strength that He has already bestowed upon us. Oftentimes we're waiting for God to, to give us more stuff or more things. But in the waiting, He reminds us of the things that He's already blessed us with. And we lean on those things. We should, at least, lean on the things that He's given us. And so Paul is assuring us in these passages that God will sustain us to the end. You don't have to worry about that. God, what will my life look like? How will, how will it all work out? He will sustain us to the end. And we will be able to stand before Him guiltless because of His sacrifice in our lives. We won't, be, we won't have to stand before Him in our own righteousness, right? We'll be able to stand before Him in the grace and the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Clothed in Him. And that gives us confidence. That gives us confidence in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. But let's think about that for a moment. What does that even mean for us? How do we identify and nurture the things that God has given us in our lives? You ever thought about that? Lord, what have you given me? What have you already provided for me that you might be giving me an opportunity to nurture instead of me just wanting whatever everybody else has? Or wanting what somebody else has because I think that's what I need the most in my life. And oftentimes it's human nature to want something we don't have. I told you before about uh, the chronicles of, of parenting um, and the things that my children have taught me and the lessons that we've walked through together. But I, I've talked to my children about uh, you can't complain about one thing and then when you get that, you complain about the other thing as well. It doesn't make any sense. Right? It's because in their minds, they always want what they don't have, right? So when they have to go do something, they're like, really, I want to do this. But then when they have to do the other, they're like, oh, I want to do this. And it's not hard to see that, right? You just swap things like well I want that okay here well then I want that now we're all conditioned that way I think that's why sometimes the Lord allows us to go through these seasons of waiting because he begins to remind us of all the things he's already given us and the blessings we have in our lives already and so there's purpose in the waiting and we can rejoice in that and I think while we're waiting he gives us a final truth that we see in Mark 13, and that is vigilance and faithfulness. Not only are we, uh, do we desire His presence, and not only is He there for us for restoration and renewal, but once we realize who He is and our lives begin to establish gratitude and assurance, we ought to walk in faithfulness and vigilance. And so Mark 13 is speaking to the end times here, and He's talking about His second coming. Again, Advent is all about the coming of Christ. And so this season is about us focusing on Him, His words, and what He said to us. And so we see this. And He gives them an instruction. He says to keep alert, right? To keep awake. You guys are pretty good right now. You haven't had breakfast yet. But, if, but, but Legends got it in for him. After everybody eats breakfast, he's going to have to be like, Hey, wake up! Because once you guys get a little food in your stomach and you start to settle in God's presence, you get it relaxed. <laughs> but in our lives, in, in, in a more pronounced reality, we have to stay alert. 
We have to keep alert for what God is revealing to us. And we can't lose sight of that in our lives. And it's not just about what I said about literally being awake. It's about being spiritually prepared and faithful. What does it look like for me to be spiritually prepared and faithful? I believe it looks a lot what we see in Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. These disciplines that God has established within His people give us an opportunity to continue to stay vigilant and to stay faithful. It's not about works. He's not going to look at a ledger and say, oh, you know, we were almost there. It's not about works. But those disciplines in our lives put us in a position for us to stay focused on Him. And that's important today. And so how do you do that? What does that look like in our lives today? What does it look like for us to connect in that way? Because I think we're called to live these lives of faithfulness as the Lord reveals to us in this way. And so here's what my prayer is for you. In a moment we're going to give you a chance to just greet one another and prepare your hearts for us coming down here and, and breaking bread together. But as you think about this season we're in right now and you think about these truths in our lives, I hope that these passages can begin to, to guide our hearts and our minds, that we can continue to, to see these truths. Because in our longing, my hope is that we would seek God's presence. That in our despair, that we would cry out for His restoration. That in our uncertainty, that we would hold fast to His promises. And in our waiting, that we would be vigilant and faithful. Amen? Amen. Can we pray? Lord, we thank You that we've been able to, to come here and to call on You and to worship You. But Lord, we are well aware that we miss the mark. and We fall short all the time. So Lord, I pray that You would just help us today to see You, that You'd help us to identify our need to live for You. And that Lord, as we in a moment go around and, and, and greet one another and, and offer the gift of peace, Lord, may we May we, as your children, walk out of here knowing that you have given us peace, that you've given us hope, that we can have joy, we can walk in love because of what Christ has done. And so, Lord, we thank you today for what you've done for us. May you be glorified today. May you humble our hearts to seek you. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Can we take a few moments and let's just go around and greet one another before we take communion this morning?
It doesn't matter. I think I asked him that he'd be on this side. Okay. So I'll just have you sit on this yes thing on this side. Yeah, if you you can take this. Yeah. yeah. If you just want to sit there for right now, and then go through it. So yeah, come on up, brother. Hey Tim, if you just want to sit right there for right now, what I'll do is, is when we come down here, you guys will grab him and come to the side. Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. You get shy on me, lift up your song. You've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You've got a lion inside of those lungs. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to be able to come here, Lord. Amen. Amen. We love you, God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We want to uh, make ourselves available today for God to speak to us as He has, I believe, already and as we've worshipped Him. And so we take communion every week because we think it's an important way for us to, to honor the Lord, to bring everything back to Him, to focus our hearts on Him. And so we, we humble our hearts before Him every single week. And that's what we want to do today. But uh, we also want to be intentional about this being a place for people to come and find Jesus, a place for them to come and find healing, a place for them to come and, and receive from the Lord. And so if you've been here before and you've come and taken communion here, you know oftentimes we, Joseph and I will come down and we'll serve you and you guys will take uh, the, the bread and the, and the cup and, you, and you'll go back to your seats. You certainly can go back to your seats when, when you're done, but we'd like to try to introduce a couple different elements today. And hopefully it doesn't confuse anybody. If it does, just come back. We'll get better at it. Um, but what we want uh, is for people to have an opportunity to get some prayer while they're here as well. And so uh, Tim and Heather are going to be next to Joseph and I. And so uh, as we give you guys the, 
the bread and the cup. And you guys, uh, we're going to ask you to partake of it down here and then just put the cups in the, in the bowls that they have. Uh, and there's going to be representatives here on either side that are here to pray with you. And it might seem weird. Go, well, why would I? I don't want to come down and have someone pray for me. Um, I want you guys to know how important it is for me that we do this because I, after we're done, I'm going to have them pray for me. Because everybody, everybody needs prayer for something. So none of us are too big or too, too, too uh, righteous that we don't need somebody to pray for us. And so you may not feel like there's anything pressing in your life, but I believe all of us can be encouraged today by just knowing that there's somebody willing to pray for us. And so we're going to do that today. And so I'm going to ask, uh, Gigi, if you don't mind coming up this, this morning. Um, amen. 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 And again, as we're going through this, guys, we want, we want to just honor the Lord in doing this. And so... Um, we come together and do this because we know that Jesus did that with his disciples, right? And so as Paul was talking to the Corinthians, he said that, right? That which I received, I've also given to you, right? That when Christ, on the night that he was to be betrayed, he took bread, right? And he broke it and he gave thanks. And he told his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. And this breaking of the bread is a symbol of what he was going to do for them. But he didn't just say that it was a symbol. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And then as they were continuing on, he took the cup, and we know that Paul references that Jesus took the cup, and he says, this is the, the cup of the new covenant, the blood of the new covenant, right? The cup of salvation, the cup of blessing that Paul's referencing to the Corinthians. He's saying, do you not know that the cup that we drink is the cup of blessing? Do you not know that the bread that we eat is the, is the body of Jesus? This is important, right? And so we want to honor it today. But one of the things we have to know about Jesus is that when he died on the cross, not only did he bring salvation for us, but we believe in healing and the atonement. We believe that there is victory in Jesus in this life and in eternity. And so we want to honor him today. And I want to serve those that are going to be serving today. And then we want to invite you to come down here and partake together today. And so, Joseph, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, broken for you. The body of Christ, the cup of salvation, broken for you. Amen. Amen. Come on up, guys. Heather, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, broken for you. The cup of salvation. Amen. Amen. Diana, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, broken for you. Amen. 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 Tim, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, broken for you. Amen. Jesus, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, broken for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we'd ask you, if you when, when you come down here, if, if you could try to form a single file line. And so we'll give you the bread and the cup. And as you take it, whichever side you feel you need to, to, to go on, if you need prayer for anything, we want to make it available to you because it's important for us to, to know that this is a place of healing down here. We're coming to the, to the place where Christ's presence is dwelling. So let's be mindful of that today and, and we just want you to come. And so I'm just going to offer another simple prayer. And as you're preparing to come, can we just focus on, Lord, be present today. 
be present today in the breaking of our bread as you were the night you broke it with your disciples. Lord, may you be glorified today and bring healing and victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you come? Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God. And everything that you do to help with that uh, brings glory to God. So thank you, guys. Take care.